they were on the boat ride home because we had to get to the bar on the boat. Yeah. On the boat ride home, they're like making out in the back. We're all just like cheering them on or like saying That's the stupid phrases like funny. wheel, 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 things like that. Oh my God. <laughs> the toxic masculinity was quite affirming. <laughs> yeah. We were all so Muskoka funny. bros on that weekend. Yes. That is so funny. <laughs> Okay, welcome to Dear Queer. This is our first episode with a guest host. host. Guest host? Yeah, guest host. <laughs> so we have my dear friend uh, Nick Rovers joining us today. Uh, Nick and I go back to being baby gays who probably weren't even out in first year university. Welcome to the podcast, Nick. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I, I appreciate you asking me been excited about it all week oh we're so pumped also by the way we're gonna need a photo of you two from university to post on instagram when oh, we got we, alongside this okay <laughs> yeah. I, I was the uh person with the digital camera for sure documenting mm -hmm. everything yeah, actually okay. our nick and my origin story is uh around photography oh Maybe do we'll... tell yeah so um yeah i was in um university with lauren at western in london and I was making friends with the people on my floor and they were kind of cliquey, most all of them straight. And I was just like, okay, I was still in the closet then. I was like trying to make friends with them. But I had always known that I would see Lauren with their friend group on the other side of the, the wing, like of the, of the residence. And I was like, oh, those are the cool kids. I want to get in with them. And um, after two weeks of trying to force my way into this group of cliquey people on my floor. I was like, okay, not getting invited out to the cafeteria anymore. I could definitely tell I was on the outs. So um, went to lunch one day and I had been taking pictures of our residents using a pinhole camera for art class. And Lauren came up to me in the cafeteria and be like, oh, I've noticed you taking pictures like that. I'm in the same course. Uh, how are you finding it? And just chatting it up and then uh, invited me to party with her and her friends that night on her floor. And I was just so excited. I'm like, yes, this is my chance. So just, uh, yeah, I felt very much welcomed and, and, uh, warmly invited into that world that I had been looking at for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, this, is this really my friend it, situation in university? I'm, I'm like trying so hard with these people. And it's, I find it quite easy to make friends usually. And I was just struggling at that time. Mm -hmm. So it was just wrong people. And Lauren was the right people. Yeah. So. And we weren't even out at the time. We were both in the closet and I didn't suspect anything. And I don't know if Lauren did, but it was just, uh, it was beautiful. It's the invisible gay force that just brings people together, I think, sometimes. Yeah, there, there's. I think there totally is something there. You don't always know why you're drawn to someone, but Nick's always been someone who's just felt like family to me and someone that like when we're hanging out, regardless of how my week's been or energy or stress, I feel just like relaxed and at home and like it's it's easy. You don't have to think about it. And it's I, I so appreciate those those types of friendships. Mm -hmm. They're really important to me, too. I uh, was speaking with a friend the other day how Lauren is the the longest standing friendship that I have that I still see regularly. I've known people since I was a little kid that I'm still friends with, but I don't see. But Lauren is definitely that like longest lasting, reliable. They're like we, constant. And the, the, yeah. like the most effort put into. Right. We see each other 
um, every week, I would say when we can. Mm -hmm. But even when it's like Lauren moved away to LA for a few years and I went to visit down mm -hmm. there and that was great. But even with those years apart, like when Lauren moved back, it was so easy to just like pick it up. Again. Like there's just so- I love that. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend like that too. I've mentioned on the podcast too before. I've known since grade two. And, you know, same thing. We went to high school together. We weren't like close, like besties, but mm -hmm. still close. And then over the years, like she went to university, I went to university. Maybe we'd lose touch for a while, but we'd always reconnect. And now she lives like five minutes away and we see each other all the time too. And it's one of those things where even if time goes by, like, you know, there's fun, like fundamentally nothing has changed between you two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we're... We're getting ahead of ourselves. Maybe we should have Nick introduce himself. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I know Tell you so well. <laughs> but the, uh, the listeners, I'm sure, would love to just get a little sense of you. Yeah, sure. My name is Nick Rovers. I'm 36. I'm a him-he. And uh, I'm a big uh, gamer nerd. I um, A lot of Lauren and mine and Lauren's hangouts lately are based around board games because we're both really into beating each other at complicated <laughs> strategy games. Um and yeah, I worked in restaurants most of my life, had some office jobs, currently in between work right now, but loving that freedom as well. Yeah. Love nice. it. Um, since this is kind of a little bit of a different format from our, our usual episodes with um with our, our our guest host today, maybe maybe we should do a little intro of ourselves. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, you you wanna what? you wanna do yours as well? Oh my god. Um just who I am? Yeah. Okay. Let's let our listeners get to know us a little bit. I'm very okay. curious. Okay. I mean, I'm. The thing is, I feel like I have so much out there that sometimes I just assume that there's a certain level of knowledge, or people tend to like know all these very intimate things about me um, already. But I am a professor. I'm a writer. Now, a podcaster. I'm a mom to a nine year old. Um, juggling a lot of a lot of balls at any given time. Why well, I have literally have no idea what to say about myself right now. This is not good. <laughs> Isn't that so interesting how we always, it's mm. like, oh, tell us about yourself. Here's what I do. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's this like, is my sister, list of mother, da, yeah. da, da, These are all the roles I've played in my life. Um, no, I don't know what to say right now. That's, I need to That's okay. come back. Yeah. I need to come I'll back. try. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm Lauren. I use she and they pronouns. I am a dog mother to this furry couch friend, Brooklyn, here. Also live in Toronto with uh, my fiance Dev, and uh, yeah, just kind of a sporty, silly, nerdy goose. Let's do this where I'm not allowed to say anything I do. Okay, <laughs> I like it. This is just so, an experiment. <laughs> I think because my gem my rising is in Gemini, I think that um, is a good representative mix of how sometimes I'm a silly goose, especially in like TikTok videos and stuff. But then on the other hand, I'm this pretty serious, emotive writer that if you just saw any one of those sides, you almost wouldn't realize that the other side could possibly exist. Um, I used to be a cat person until I owned a dog, and now I can never imagine having a cat again. No offense to cat lovers, but... Um, and I do love cats. I love your cat. I met your cat when they were very little, and they're adorable, but... I'm so deeply a dog person to the point where I say hello to every dog I see on the sidewalk and often don't remember to make eye contact with the human attached to the dog. What else? That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe what do you look for in friendships? Okay. In people? Yes. Values. And I have, I have been thinking about this more in relation to us doing this episode. I think, so friendship is interesting because there's some people who do stand the test of time, right? Like uh, you two. 
And then there's friends are like, there are friends that come in and out of your life. You know, there's like friendship breakups that we have for various reasons. Maybe people break up with us or we break up with other friends for whatever reasons. But I mean, probably what's kept friends together over the long term is that you're growing in similar ways. You value the same things. I think the people I'm drawn to as friends are the people I have really great conversations with. And it's not just like the superficial small talk. Although, I mean, I'll talk about reality TV all day, but like, you know, like to talk about life and relationships and love and like all those things, those are my absolute favorite conversations and favorite people is when it's about, it's about both of you as individuals and bigger things, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think too, that's, yeah, you saying that is like reminding me too of like, what's always been such, I think, a core of, of you know, I'll talk about Nick and my friendship since since we're here. <laughs> and it's like, it's always feeling like whatever is going on in my personal life, like I can go to Nick and there is no judgment. There's like, just there, there truly isn't. And it's like, he's going to be someone who will probably make me laugh about it, help me see it from a different mm -hmm. way. And like, yeah, love me more for it, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, I, uh, I'll always go to Lauren with everything. Cause it's just, and I say this to other people, Lauren is just such a pro mm -hmm. at just all aspects of life that I just feel so much in good hands yeah. with my problems, my excitements, my sadnesses. Like Lauren will just always know what to say. Yeah. Or if they don't know what to say, at least there's reassurance and just comfort yeah. in getting it off my chest to someone that I trust so much. So like it's, it's been a really good way to make yeah the friendship last for me there's like a, st a stability and a soft landing vibe a, yeah a certain yeah. predictability i've said yeah. in the past year to my partner just that i don't do well with unpredictable energy yes. so um so if someone is not um a, a, you don't have to be a constant you can have bad days but if i have no idea how to read what's going on with you i will inevitably back up slowly silently and it's it's gone yes so. it's about being able to communicate that yeah. right because some people aren't consistent in that way and they so then they just disappear but just if they were to be able to say i'm over here i'm doing my thing mm -hmm. i i'll i need some time or some space or i'm just kind of in a weird place right now if they can communicate that but it's that kind of disappearing without like that unspoken stuff that feels inconsistent yeah yeah i think another thing about that or what that reminded me of is the idea of reciprocity and how there is a kind of, you know, mutual sharing, mutual give and take, mm -hmm. but also acknowledging that maybe there are times that one of you is lower mm -hmm. and a little less capable, but that's nothing personal. If anything, the other person is like stepping in to offer mm -hmm. what do you need and checking in and that kind of like just care and thoughtfulness is really, is really important in friendships too, I find. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially, and maybe this is just me, but like, um, like, why do queer friendships specifically feel so special and important? I don't know if you two feel the same way, but I, I feel like there's this, you know, not having to catch people up or this this understanding in my queer friendships that I really, really treasure and value. Yeah, I guess it's maybe just a level of understanding that there's other layers of things you might be struggling with mm -hmm. or going through, you know, specific dynamics in families or or whatnot that just isn't on straight people's radar mm -hmm. 
So like you said, there's just this level where you don't have to do a lot of catching up. Even in um in the, the episode on loneliness and one of the questions that was asked to you was like, I'm going home from to see my family and it's going to be different because I'm just not with my queer family and it's going to be hard. How do I get through that? And that's it's such a thing that we go through too. Like with queer people, you just have this underlying acceptance where you don't need to explain certain things or defend certain things about yourself. So there's just a, like a level of ease going into them. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I had like in my whole elementary school to high school, I was with the same people. Not one of them is queer. Love them all. They're great people. I've known them for 18 years, every yeah. class, but I was the only queer one and I wasn't out. So truth or dare would come up or oh. these things. And I would yeah. still ha- find myself having to put up the veneer, mm-hmm. hide from things and questions and all that. And and I couldn't fully just be myself, but I got I got good at that. Right. And I'm still I still make connections with them, but not the same way. So then just being now living in downtown Toronto in the gay village. (laughs) And I would say the vast majority of my recent friendships are queer people Mm -hmm. or really, really fierce allies. I just find it so much more effortless Mm -hmm. and so much quicker. Like you said, you love just diving into the like no surface small talk. Just get right into deep chats. That's how I am as well. And with queer people, I think we're a lot more open to that around other queer people. I think we are too. And it's inherent in the fact that we've gone through such a deep questioning of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that everyone goes through if you're just like, you know, cishet everything. And then it's just kind of, there's not that level of like, why, why do I wear that? Or, you know, like, yeah. why did I feel pressure to be that way or grow my hair long or do these things? And we've done that questioning at a certain point. So just naturally there's kind of a I think that, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's inherently a bit of a more critical lens that we put on things mm-hmm. that comes out in the conversations we have. And there's probably just more, yeah, even if it's different um family experiences when we're kids, it's like um there's 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 this sharedness I think that that connects us. Um Someone uh, who I had gone on a trip with like probably 20 years ago um, brought uh, some photos from that trip. And I was looking at it and I'm like 15 in these photos. And it, everyone, all the, everyone was like, oh yeah, it looks the same. Look, they're all part of the same group. And then you see me and you're like, hmm, that one looks a little different. <laughs> and it's like, that kid didn't know they were yeah. queer, but it's like, well, you know, I'm the only. You know, like in the baggy uh, pants. Oh, and the, yeah. the, the board shorts yeah, and the skateboard shoes and the big T-shirt. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that one's kind of going their own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I thought Lauren was so cool. Like back to right. in university seeing like Lauren and being like, that's the cool kid. Right. Like Lauren had a ponytail with a cast. Like she'd just broken her arm in soccer the week before school. Uh, or... Like the first day of first day. No way. Yeah. So like just cast with a slick back. I was just like, this is like. Just that cool kid who is yeah. really sure of herself. And I was like, I want to get to know her. That's the thing. The cool part is probably what you're seeing is the authenticity part. Yeah. Where it's just like Lauren wasn't trying to look like everybody else and was just doing their doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're probably your friend group was also like also similarly mm-hmm. just kind of doing your own thing and not trying to wear the Hollister stuff and fit in and yeah. do that really like like put on an image. It was just like this is kind of who we are. Yeah, the yeah. friend group was very 2005, yeah. the one I was trying to force my way into. And it's right. just not, that was never me either. So I yeah. don't know why I was trying so hard, but. That's so funny. Yeah. So speaking of, even though we talked about this a while back, that invisible understanding, like, mm-hmm. you know, you two met, you didn't know you were queer at the time. My high school boyfriend 
Oh, yes. His younger sister, it's a couple years younger, maybe four years younger than him, loved me. Like, we had this immediate bond mm -hmm. and, like, n without knowing why, we just had this, like, this sweet connection. And then turns out, years later, they're queer and, like, we still ran into each other over the years and reconnected and gone for coffee and chatted. And it's just this kind of, we're not close by any means, mm -hmm. but when we talk, we have these deep, good conversations about family and queerness and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like something in our bodies knew back then. <laughs> Did you have any other queer friends at the time? Or was no. that like one of your first brushes with another queer person? I mean, not that I knew of in high school. I didn't know of anyone really at the time, although I'm sure there were some some queers out there, but no, like zero awareness at all. But we had this like weird, just immediate kind of magnetic those, connection. Those, I think those um, early uh, female or like same, you know, similar gendered friendships before we're out or stepping into our queerness, uh, especially kind of at the time that we were, we were, you know, growing up mm -hmm. is, um, is so interesting. And I think it's kind of like a bit of a well, a well-worn path of, you know, the, do I want to date my friend? Do I want right. to be them? What is why am I so drawn to this person? Yeah. And it's like, honestly, I think that's a lot of the ways we even figure out that we are gay or queer or any, like any of that stuff is those early friendships when you're a teenager in then in that messiness of hormones and emotions and oh my gosh, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> my best friend from high school who we're still close and we, we live too far away, in grade nine we met and it was this immediate connection over like bands we loved like sloan and whatever i'm really dating myself here but um yeah okay okay <laughs> good. um but we bonded and i remember having it felt a little romantic for me mm. like so i wrote about this in my chatelaine piece about coming out later in life and a bit about high school and and how it was super confusing because it was kind of like a falling but it was falling for a friend but then i do remember kind of briefly having a thought that i'm like do i is this a crush yeah but then it, because it was friendship for her, I just remember just getting that message somehow being like, oh, no, this is these feelings I'm having are just friendship. This is just like a really mm. a, like a friendship falling. And so I kind of had to tell her well, as I was writing the piece, I'm like, by the way, this is going to be out there. And she's like, OK, no problem. But um, but at the time, like there was nothing to confirm otherwise for me. And it truly like I was grade nine in a Catholic high school growing up super Catholic. Oh, yeah. And there was nothing else to like pull me and give me an alternative path you know mm -hmm. yeah those those early friendships it's like it's testing ground right it, you're trying to figure it all out and it doesn't I mean it doesn't always mean it's like friendship falling for friends they can be a very like not necessarily romantic but it's like an exciting fun thing too so mm -hmm. um there can be something similarly kind of I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but yeah I remember I had a in, this was in the in the in the house Nick and I shared, and I had just a, a female friend, and we were just like in my bed hanging out. And at some point, like in my, I started getting a panic attack because I think I was so flooded with like confused mm -hmm. emotions, and mm -hmm. I'm like, what is what am I feeling? Is this romantic, or is this a bigger, like not necessarily about this person who's in the bed, but like is this like a bigger feeling about myself and who I am? And it it, it can be a lot, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I I knew I was gay since I was five. I remember having oh my gosh. memories like oh yeah. So wow. there was a long time of going through life 
knowing that, but not acting on it. Not because I had great family, great friends. I don't think it would have been a problem if I if I came out mm-hmm. in that time. I just wasn't ready to, as I refer to it, like just turn the, to the next chapter. Yes. Of, like, because there's no going back once yeah. you come out kind of thing. So I, was, I, I went through university um, in the closet and was fine, but I just felt such acceptance in the group. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't talked about until like the end of third year. A roommate asked me, like, oh, so are you bi? And I was just like, yes, I'm bi. Like, I just right. I, I just agree <laughs> yeah, with yeah, them yeah. as opposed to, yeah, yeah. So, but like, I just felt so safe and okay that even though I'm not ready to come out yet, I can just exist around these people and it's not a big deal. Right. And I can just be myself. Yeah. And um, when Lauren got that girlfriend in, in second or one. third year, <laughs> sorry, what? I snagged one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, like the friend group is cool with this. Like as, yeah. I, as we knew them to be. And I think there was just that implied chillness with the group that i felt so safe around yeah um yeah there's a good group so it was like yeah it was a safe space to finally there mm-hmm. open turn the chapter yeah yeah there was a pretty um funny weekend of all of us being up uh at a family cottage and basically uh i made out with the, a girl while we were out at the bar and so um, simultaneously came out to my entire friend group and it also happened Amazing. to be like a lot of my coworkers there, and like Amazing. I was like, "Oh, uh, yep, didn't plan to do that, but here we are." Yeah, it's your coming out party, apparently. <laughs> yeah. No words needed, just yeah. actions. Yeah, I like that. That's but, amazing. But to to Nick's point, like, yeah, all of our friends were like, "Oh, hey, so uh, that that was fun. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh my god, I love that." They they were on the boat ride home because we had to get to the bar on the boat. Yeah, on the boat ride home, they're like making out in the back. We're all just like cheering them on, or like. Saying the stupid phrases like funny. wheel, 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 and things like that. Oh <laughs> my God. The toxic masculinity was quite affirming. <laughs> yeah. We were all so Muskoka funny. bros on that weekend. Yes. That is so funny. Oh my God. Uh, I've, I've got a, a listener question here. You, yeah. You, you throw it to us. Yeah. Okay. So this person says Hi, I'm a baby queer, and I am trying to figure out how to build a great network of queer friends for the first time. I have lots and lots of straight friends that I've known since I was in high school, but as I've come out, I'm building my queer identity. I am confused as to where to start building new queer friendships that make me feel fully me and seen. Any advice? I mean, I think it's one of those things where there is going to be a bit of trial and error because truly you don't know someone until time has gone by. So Mm -hmm. even if you might feel instantly connected as friends to someone... Maybe two years down the road, you're like, oh, no, we are not the same people, you know, and we don't value the same things or we've grown apart or whatever it is. So it there's going to be a little bit of trial and error and some people will stand the test of time and then mm-hmm. other people might go in and out. But I guess it's being it probably helps if you know what you do value going into it as well. And if you're you know, if you can find people who align with that and reciprocate and all those things like the what you don't want to be repeating bad habits that you do romantically with friends either mm-hmm. like you don't want to be over giving all the time and not get you know there'd be no reciprocity or you don't want to be trying to prove yourself like you want to be you want to find people that you feel comfortable being yourself around rather than mm-hmm. trying to fit in and who just who you feel accepted by and cared for and all those things yeah this is language i never would have used as a 18 or 19 or 20 year old but like trust the energy like that's something i've learned just as getting older about like Energy is a really real thing. So if you find yourself trying too hard, trying to carry the conversation, forcing plans, that kind of thing, like I was doing when I was 
a baby gay in the closet trying to make more friends. Just keep looking just like dating until you find the people that make you feel so like you can just relax in your chair when you're around them Mm -hmm. and also find people that have common interests because it's so much easier to be like, I'm going to that drag show or I'm going, I'm I'm watching this type of movie. Do you want to come over? Like, so make sure that you're just because they're queer. It doesn't mean it's going to be a great friendship. Yes, good point. So keep meeting queer people that you want to be friends with, but try to really hone in on the ones that have common interests with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great place to start. I worked in restaurants and there's just so many queer people that worked in restaurants in uh, Toronto when I moved here. So it was a really, it was like a cheat code to get in there and get really close and intimate with a bunch of great people. But um, yeah, if, if I knew where to meet a bunch of great people, queer people, I'd be doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a learning thing that will you'll keep getting better at as you go. When I so when I moved back after being away for uh, seven or eight years, um, I was really intentional about wanting to make queer friends because I knew I already had, you know, people here who I knew from university, high school. I grew up in this area, um, but I was really in- intentional about wanting to make queer friends, and so I found I found a run club. I found like I I sought out queer community, and so that that's been something that's was really important. Even Dev and I were very intentional, like, okay, like we want to foster those queer relationships and community in, in our lives. And so it's something that we, we just intentionally prioritize and make sure that we're re- reaching out to people. And it's like, I don't know, I always feel so good when someone reaches out. So I, I just imagine someone else being on the other side of that and then they appreciate it too. I'm going to say you two are the best at reaching out. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's like in a tender way or a fun way, it's like, do you need something or like, do you want to go play bingo? Like it's, it's really <laughs> of the full spectrum of, of what is the beauty in a lot of friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to kind of refer back to other, another point of kind of inspiration. I, I told um, the story a couple episodes ago about witnessing this couple that was in love and being inspired. And that was Lauren and Dev. And I'm not sure if I mentioned in the podcast how Nick, you've also been, were similarly inspired by watching their their love and being like that's what I want yeah. and then on every like on your dates you'd be like by the way this is what I'm looking for if yeah. you're not on on the same page I'll see you later yeah since um I went through a breakup two year and a half ago now and I just I found myself in dating I was like oh if it's not Lauren and Dev I don't want it I like they that. were my yes. litmus test for like I I know that that exists and that yeah. it can be found and I was like Oh, do I like this guy? Am, am I? And yeah, he's great. But I'm like, it's not learning. Not learning. Like, and and yeah. like, I think that's just hard for anyone to recreate that yes. kind of connection. But I'm yeah. like, if it's not like approaching a Lauren and Death yes. type relationship, I just knew to kind of call it right there. I love that. So y'all are too sweet. What is this? <laughs> yeah, I know Lauren is so red right now. You can see. <laughs> Serious. Yeah, I loved hearing on. that story when yeah. you said like. I saw them and I wanted to be near them. I yeah. could very much um, relate to that story of being yeah. like, oh, that's the cool kid. I want to be near them. And yeah. Right. Love it. I'm just going to switch this over before okay. I turn it entirely into <laughs> a tomato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another. This is kind of a friendship and dating question. So this person writes in and they're saying both me and my BFF like the same person. Oh, dear. They told me first that they had a crush on them. But me and the crush have already been trading DMs. What do I do? I mean, unfortunately, they didn't say right away that they've been trading DMs when the friend admitted yeah. that there was a crush going on. Mm-hmm. Because that 
It sounds like the crush didn't like when the their friend told them they had the crush. It sounds like they didn't also jump in and say, "I also have a crush." Yeah, so that moment has been missed. Yes. But that was probably the ideal time because now it might feel a bit like they've withheld that information. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a toughie. So uh, for my mom is the sweetest, nicest kindest person in the world and she told me some advice in dating when I was feeling guilty about dating multiple people at different times and like oh am I leading that one on and she's like Nick you're not in a relationship with them. dating is dating do what you want yeah. and I was like well if that's how she feels about it it must be right so right. like I think it's up to that third person that they both have a crush on to also weigh in maybe but I think the best thing would be for those two people to just mention that they both have a crush yeah and kind of set them some plan of kindness for their friendship as to what it means whether one or neither of them yeah. ends up with that person right if there's any mutual attraction between them just to be like okay we're still gonna be friends regardless of this that's that's the most important thing yeah and maybe just being comfortable like letting it play out knowing it's not about their friendship it's like that separate thing that third thing going i love i love the plan of kindness that's really yeah. sweet mm-hmm. that's something my partner and i always say like yeah. if we're having different energy levels like i, I get that you're a uh, you're feeling that like a 20, like 20%. And but like, what's the plan of kindness to so that we can get back to 50 50 and making right. sure like I can, I can go 80 if you're only 20 today. Like, right. how can we what that's the plan of kindness mm-hmm. we do? So it's, yeah, I think to the um, missing if going back to the listener question of them, maybe missing that opportunity to kind of reveal that they also had a crush just because they missed it that first time. I don't. I don't think that means they can't go back no, there because they could have been like, "Ooh, yeah. in that moment, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what s- to do for sure." Yeah, yeah. And it, honestly, it always comes back to me. Tr- like, it's just be honesty. honest and yeah. communicate. And it's if you if you're truly friends, you can have those kind of sticky yes. conversations. Yeah, and then maybe they make an agreement to be like, "Okay, well, let's just see how it plays out." Or you know what? If you like, maybe I'll back off. I'm still dating, and you can see where it goes. I think it's also, I mean, we don't know this information, but like, what were the DMs about? Mm-hmm. If they're talking about how much they're so into them and they can't wait to go on another date with them and they want to see them, then it's like maybe just do your friend a service being like, well, I don't know if this person wants to date both of us or not, but it's we are kind of serious. But if it's just DMs like, hey, how are yeah. you? Yeah, you look cool. It's it's nothing at that point. It seems like the friend who's in the DMs might be calling dibs on it in their own mind. Mm-hmm. So they have to be like, what are these messages about? Is it innocent or is it going someplace? Yeah, they have to catch their friend up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this brings me to our next question. Okay. I'm going to ask you, each of you, and then we can get into it. Do you stay friends with your exes? Go ahead, Nick. You're in the hot seat. Yes, I'm friends with all my exes to varying degrees of communication or FaceTime, like seeing them and, and planning things with them. Yeah, I feel like unless there's something horrible that's unforgivable, time helps with everything, space and time, definitely. And you can, like, you love them for a reason. You you wanted to be around them for a reason. And I think that just as soon as you get your heart right again, you can you can have those times again. But I, I think of things as, like, inner nucleus is, is, like, me and my soul and my heart and everything. And there's different orbits around me. Mm-hmm. And I find friendships and partners and, all like, exes in that way, you kind of downgrade or upgrade I don't know yeah they go into the outer orbit there's flow yeah Yeah. different memberships to my nucleus (laughs) I feel like maybe some get revoked or downgraded in some ways not the gold membership anymore yeah exactly because you only have so much time in a week and so much energy to give to other people so you have to pick and choose carefully so I think that I'm I'll always stay to a minimum civil unless you've completely 
ruined me or some way. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a healthy thing. And I know um, a lot of people I met find that quite weird about me or find it very hard to believe or like. Are these queer folks? Sorry to jump in, um, but I feel like stay friends with your exes in, in, in queerdom, queerland is super common. Yeah. It's, it's almost inevitable because yeah. of just the, the community and the small circle. I know that that's a yeah. thing you've had as well, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I'd say it's a mixed bag for people just because it's they're comparing their experiences to mine of like, well, I could never be friends with that mm-hmm. ex. I'm like, okay, well, I wasn't in that relationship. So the ones that mine have played out have usually just been a fizzle that leads to a parting of ways, but a still fond wishes. Yeah. I think time time is just the best for that. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you just one day wake up and suddenly are able to be friends again with an ex who maybe it just you just needed that time for whatever those feelings were to dissipate finally. And I actually, I, I kind of really, that's a really sweet thing for me to be able to be friends with an ex. Like I have one in Germany that every once in a while we just exchange voice notes and chat and like catch up on each other's lives. And uh, another one that I just send cute cat videos to because <laughs> she loves her cat. And like, that's just kind of our, you know, the way we communicate and um, but when my dog died, she dropped over, like she dropped off muffins for me and it was really sweet and it gave me a little card. So th- I love when you can get to that point when there's still care there. Yeah. And yeah, because like you said, Nick, you cared about that person for a reason. There was something that drew you to them. There's something, there was a connection there and it doesn't mean that goes away. It just wasn't the romantic one that, you know, you would initially both started off as. So actually really like when you can get to that point and let go, Mm -hmm. let go of any of that stuff that that was fresh around the breakup. Yeah, I think you definitely can't rush it. But when um, when people are able to do that, I think it's really beautiful and speaks Mm -hmm. to like a level of maturity and recognizing that like there was something there between you that you both deeply cared about that doesn't disappear Mm -hmm. just because you figure out that you're not long term compatible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I, I we always look back with kinder eyes the more time we that do. goes by. So it's it takes work on both ends as well. Mm. Um as the dumper or the dumpy to yeah, yeah. to be okay with where everything settles naturally, because time will just let it settle naturally. But um I pulled up this thing because my friend who had been dating, I worked with both of them. They dated for years and years after we all stopped working together and they broke up recently. And um they said uh, we both feel good. It happened months ago, it felt natural. And this is the part that rest stayed with me. It said, our friendship didn't have room for a romantic element anymore. Mm. And I was like, that's such a, it was such a nice way. And I knew that when they said that, I'm like, okay, they're going to be okay. Like after saying something like that, having that mm-hmm. clarity on why it ended, like it's a friendship first and foremost with yeah. the romantic element added. And then it downgrades the membership down to regular friendship, which is still a beautiful place to be. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh, beautiful. that's really sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is great because we are Nick's going to be joining us next week as well when we get into our breakup episode Breakups. for after Valentine's Day. <laughs> Fun. Oh yeah, Le- leading into Valentine's week next week, we're 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 keeping with friendship. Any anything we want to share with the listeners before we wrap out of here on? I mean, don't friendship. forget about those. Like, what is it? Um, from Parks and Rec, it's uh Valentine's Day. Yep. Right. Like, hang with your pals. It could be Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> we don't have to put romantic love above above friendship yeah and i mean friendships are can be romantic too Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a lot of love in those i think uh yeah friends are the first people we go to when we even start to think about a romantic relationship with someone else so the friends is like the the foundation of everything so it 
yeah i i love my friends i feel very blessed with mine it's great (laughs) we love our friends all right well thanks for joining us on this week's episode on friendship nick my pleasure thanks for having me um for anyone who's just finding us because of our super special guest host nick please go subscribe share our episode uh it really helps out dear queer This has been another episode of Dear Queer. Just a reminder, we are not actually experts. Any advice given should actually come from our experts who we will bring in from time to time. Music brought to you by Sean Patrick Brennan, produced by myself, Lauren Hogarth, and your host, as always, Elena Papianis. (laughs) I'm getting that.